Both dumped by their girlfriends, two best friends seek refuge in the local mall. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie Bros. Here we review B-Movies to the best of our abilities. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. As you heard in the very brief description of the movie that is actually from IMDB, um, well, you didn't hear what it is. We are doing the movie Mall Rats. That's right. Kevin Smith's 1995 color film Mall Rats as we continue our shopping month extravaganza. Let's just get into the technical difficulties here. What were our top and bottom three things about this movie? Let's start with the bottom three on, on this one. Um, what, what was bad? What didn't you like about this movie, Paul? I'll let you start. For number three, the characters are really not that sympathetic. They're slackers. They're enjoyable, but not really heroic in any way like they're trying to win their girlfriends back but you kind of can see why they don't want to be with them it's, they never really strive for anything and i it was kind of that was really personifying the 90s kind of feel but they're less than sympathetic as far as trying to get their women back for number two the plot of this was really kind of boring it almost seemed like having a plot was really unnecessary there, there was a plot yeah, they tried getting their girlfriends back. There was some shit going on. I don't even know. And the best parts of this movie were, like, the individual jokes when, like, Brody's talking to T.S., the stuff with Jay and Silent Bob. That was hilarious. But when it came to the actual plot and, like, progressing things, it was kind of boring. I That really fell to the wayside, in my opinion. And for number one, it was part of Kevin Smith's View Askew universe. It was, like, the first group of movies he made basically they all take place in the same universe jane silent bobber and all of them there's certain connections to them it's all takes place in the same world but this is his second movie in that universe the first is followed by the movie clerks this movie is pretty much inferior to that movie in every way the dialogue wasn't as good the characters were less relatable. It felt a lot less natural. It lacked a lot of the charm that Clerks had. And, and e even Clerks had, like, the, the different characters that would come into the store. Like, there were different types of people that came into the store. Yeah. And, like, Dante would talk about, oh, you know, this type of person. The milkmaid. Um, the, uh... the, the, the guy at the video store, Randall, would talk about this kind of person that comes in. And then they kind of tried to do that with Mallrats, where, like, you know, each person that Brody knew, like, personified something different about them all. It just didn't work as well as with Clerks. They were a lot less believable, I think, and they just, um, the realistic kind of style was really, you can tell they were kind of going with that, a lot of with the dialogue, talking about Star Wars and video games and stuff like, personally, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about Star Wars for hours or video games and shit like that, but... Those were the best parts of the movie, but as far as the plot goes, there's too much things. It's like, that's just kind of silly. That's like, that wouldn't really happen. It really kind of detracted from that, whereas Clerks stayed steady the whole time. So in my opinion, and most people who've, who have seen the movies, this one just wasn't as good as Kevin Smith's, though, in the movie that he made before this one. Probably because Clerks is such a great movie, but it's just to see, like, what happened after it, it's just kind of disappointing. Your turn, Corey. Uh, number three, the topless psychic. Just, I didn't see the point in having it there except to have, like, more nudity in the movie. 
Just to um, have another weird thing. And, and yeah, because she she has she has a third nipple that, that's fake. It was just to have there like as a joke, I guess. But I didn't see the point. It really didn't move things along. You know, all she did was say things that have been being said the whole movie that T.S. didn't listen to anybody else about as she fondled herself. Number two for me was the stink palm. It, it's just downright disgusting. I, I'm nope. not going to explain it. Yeah. Number no, one, the whole dating game show scene just seems forced for everybody except Brody, of course. Yeah. Um, And the questions during it are kind of like strange. And if it weren't for Brody's responses... Like, the game show scene would be so atrocious. Like, I would probably have turned the movie off. Like, everything that Brandy says during the game show, everything that T.S. says during the game show, and everything that Gil Hicks says during the game show, I just want to, like, punt kittens or something. Like, it just, it's so terrible. But then, like, Brody says something, and I'm like, ah, yay. Uh, what's What's your top three things? What did you really like? about this movie for number three i'm gonna go with this was well we already mentioned this is part of um kevin smith's view askew movies but there are really three of those movies that were really more realistic more existential they kind of related to like the average person what was interesting about that what was funny what was kind of deep about kind of average life and those were um his first movie clerks his second movie mall rats obviously and his third movie chasing amy and this is part of that and I really like that kind of style. Things kind of changed after Dogma. Kind of went back a little bit during Clerks 2, but it was never really the same. It's just, I like that very simple kind of style that really made Kevin Smith famous. I wish he would, I wish um, more of the movies would have been like that. Not that the other ones were bad, but there is a certain charm of that. And you definitely, um, I think he was very good at that. For number two, I love the 90s feel of this. It's like really personified a lot of the 90s like the kind of aimless uh kind of grunge culture going on um referencing like comic books and star wars and things like that this movie came out in 1995 i was about seven years old so i really wasn't able to appreciate a lot of the 90s way someone older would have i got to appreciate it as a little kid so kind of seeing stuff i remember as a little kid like seeing that how people a little older like somebody my age now would have experienced it it's kind of cool so and for number one i'm gonna have to go with the supporting cast of this was just phenomenal um with brody he had some of the best lines of this i love jay and silent bob they're just hysterical um i've loved i liked them in each movie they were in even some of kevin smith's movies that i wasn't crazy about jay and silent bob always make them a lot better I think that um, just in general, Jason Lee is Brody and Jason Mewes as Jay. It's just spot on. It's just, Jason it's so Lee fun. is a very talented actor that he unfortunately really is, got yeah. cornholed into that. Like, you have to be this silly, silly bastard kind of role. My top three. Um, this was really hard because I really like this movie and there's a lot of things that I like about it. I had to really think. Um, number three for me was Stan Lee in this movie. Just love first Lee. off, it's Stan Lee. Um, second off, he looks so young. Like, I know, this is 1995. He was young. He was in his 60s or whatever. I think he was actually in his 70s or 80s at that time. Like, probably uh, 70s. Um, but still, like, he, like, knowing him and, like, seeing so many things with him, like, as I became a teenager and in my 20s now, he looks so young in this movie and... 
he gives a wonderful speech. And, you know, in most of his movies, he just kind of like is a cameo. He's a walk on. He has one line. But in this, like he's actually on screen for a good four or five minutes. And it's just a wonderful thing to see. Number two, the dirt mall. I love flea markets. Okay. I've been and I've been to several flea markets, several places that are set up just like the dirt mall that are actually like old abandoned malls that have been turned into a flea market. It's really a spectacular thing to see, like, how things have transformed. I love those kind of places. They're so fun. And like Brody said, you know, the bargains, the people. It really is one of those places you have to experience. Number one, I loved all of the supporting cast, but I I just went with Jay and Silent Bob. Their plots to destroy the stage. Just about everything that Jay says is hilarious. Um, and on a side note, if you ever see the TV edit version of this movie which I, I don't know if they still run it. You almost never hear Jason Mewes' real voice. And every time he talks, it's actually like a different voice actor voice as a voiceover for him. It is hysterical. That's really weird. Why do um, they do that anyways? Um, I don't know. I don't. Well, he swears all the time. That's true. But um, I think they were just kind of like that much. Wow. I, I think every time he talks, he swears. Yeah, true. Um, or makes a drug reference, which was not PC in the 90s on TV. Um, yeah. So, it's yeah, because... PC now. I, I, I've seen... I saw this movie, like, the actual movie, before I saw the TV version of it one time, where I just kind of, like, left it on. And it's it's actually hilarious to hear the TV edit version because so many things are changed in it, and there are so many different voiceovers. And it's, like, the obvious, like... You know, Brody's talking, he's like... You know, dude, Stan Lee, you know, is the things thing really made out of orange rock? Because that's like so awesome. And it's like it's so out of place. It, it's it's so fucking weird. hysterical. <laughs> I can't even imagine that. It sounds real weird. Yeah. Jay and Silent Bob are like Batman and Robin if they were stoners. They do have their superhero personas uh, of Blunt, Blunt Man, Man and, and Chronic. Chronic. Yeah. Let's get into... uh. Quote Wars! Quote War. I'm gonna go first. It's impossible. Lois could never have Superman's baby. Do you think her fallopian tubes can handle his sperm? I guarantee he blows a load like a shotgun right through her back. What about her womb? Do you think it's strong enough to carry his child? You know, I think you ought to get him some help. He seems to be really hung up on superhero sex organs. Bullshit! Eateries that operate within the designated square downstairs count as food court. Anything outside of said designated square is considered an autonomous unit for mid-mall snacking. You fuckers think that just because a guy reads comics, he can't start some shit? You're gonna listen to me? To something I said? Hasn't it become abundantly clear during the tenure of our friendship that I don't know shit? You know what? There is no Easter Bunny! You took me where you went shopping, you jerk. You think I care what store in the shit pit dirt mall has the latest Godzilla bootlegs? Do you call eating pizza in the same dive pizzeria every night eating out? Do I give a shit when two major comic book labels are crossing over characters selling two editions of the same book in varied ink chromium covers? I am a girl, damn it! I want to do girly things, like fix up someone's hair and get phone calls expressing romantic sentiments. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned for Sega. Listen, 
Not a year goes by, not a year, that I don't hear about some escalator accident involving some bastard kid which could have easily been avoided had some parent, I don't care which one, but some parent conditioned him to fear and respect that escalator. That kid is back on the escalator. But tweet us at bmoviebros. Uh, tell us which quote was the best. What's your favorite quote from this movie? I'm sure people have seen this movie. Okay. I know people have seen this movie. If not, you should at least check it out. Like, even if it's not one of your favorite movies, it's still worth a view. Um, tell us who had the best quote of this quote, or obviously me, and uh, who won. So he likes to think. You know, whatever. Find us on Facebook, B-Movie, space B-R-O-S, B-Movie Bros. Um, we have a, this Tumblr shit out there. I don't know yeah, what that's it's, all um, about. Bmoviebros.tumblr.com. How do you spell Tumblr? Fuck if I know. I know it's. Is it's it like, like a rock Tumblr? It's like T U M B, and then it's like no E R. Do, do, do we have to sit in this thing and get like rolled around? Do we get all shiny when we come out? Probably. Are we a different color? I don't know. Is there a one in four thousand nine hundred twenty-three chance or something like that? Outside of posting things, I've never spent more than five minutes on Tumblr. I don't People even... like post things from Tumblr. I'm like, oh, okay. So what that I... website I can't mo- I can't navigate. Um, we're gonna you know give you a score on, for this movie. A uh, score one to ten on our shot scale. The shot scale is reverse scale of one to ten. One being the bend, one being the bend, one being the best, ten being the worst. Um, how many shots do you need to get through this movie? Just a uh, just a number score, Paul. What do you give this? I mean, this a four out of ten. That's more generous than I thought you were going to be with this movie. Um, I gave this a two out of ten. Do you go first? Why? Okay, so Mallrats follows and proceeds to my two favorite Kevin Smith movies, Clerks, which came out a year earlier, and Chasing Amy, which came out two years after Mallrats. Altogether, they're the first three movies in the His View is Skew universe, and they were really popular because they're uh, of their realistic characters and simple but relatable plots. And in my opinion, Mallrats was the weakest of the three. It really lacked any kind of uniqueness that the other ones had, and it really didn't do anything that Clerks hadn't done done already. And it was way too goofy and just couldn't be taken seriously enough to really reach a new level the way Chasing Amy did. There are definitely funny moments in this film, and the actors and actresses did a fine job. I think the casting was basically spot on for this, especially with Jason Lee as Brody and Jason Mewes as Jay. Those are... You, you couldn't ask for anything better than that, and I really like the 90s nostalgia feeling. It's definitely cool to see, and like looking back like in 2015, seeing everything from the 90s where I kind of grew up, it's really kind of neat. However, other than that, this movie just really doesn't have much to offer, so I would suggest anybody watch it, but in my personal opinion, when I compare Kevin Smith's movies in this universe... It just falls short to Clerks and Chasing Amy, mostly because those are two fantastic movies, but I just can't help but make the comparison, and it just falls short. I gave this movie a 2 out of 10, and here's why. Um, First off, I have to say that I really don't care about T.S. and his mopey love story thingamajug that seems to be the focal point of this movie. What does make this movie great is the support cast and characters. Jason Lee's portrayal of Brody Bruce is both at times hysterical and disgusting. His dialogue produces more laughs through this movie than all the other characters combined. Jay and Silent Bob, played by Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith, respectively, also produce numerous laughs, although their screen time is short-lived. They do make up the best part of the film. 
the other characters thrown into the mall, Shannon, Svenning, Trish the Dish, Gwen, Willem, and the three-nippled psychic, and Stan Lee, round out, round out the small part laughs and admi admiration list. The story is pretty weak, and acting is decent from most of the actors. But the comedic elements and comic book references are there to make this movie pretty enjoyable. It's certainly not Kevin Smith's best movie, but it's also not his worst either. That's why I give this a 2 out of 10. Let's give this movie an A Movie Companion. I know that not everybody that listens to us, or maybe everybody does, but I would like to think not everybody that listens to us likes the same kind of shit that we do. So we like to compare this movie to an A-class movie. You know, telling you why this A movie is just a better quality version of this B movie that we're reviewing. For my A movie companion, I give it uh, Jingle All the Way, the 1996 Christmas movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad. What about you? For my A movie companion, I'm picking the 2004 movie The Terminal starring Tom Hanks. Directed by Steven Spielberg. I, I'd, I'd like to hear your Steven Spielberg movie first. Both films primarily take place in one setting. Mallrats takes place in a mall, and the terminal takes place in an airport terminal. Both movies feature, feature characters who use the facility that they're at for reasons that aren't their intended purposes. Both movies take place in the place that the movie is named after. That's, mall and yeah. Terminal. That was going to be one of mine, but... <laughs> I stole it! Intercepted. So All your base are now belong to me. <laughs> Fuck. So Mallrats features Brody and T.S. Um, at the mall, not shopping, not working, just, just hanging around, basically. Trying to win their girlfriends back. Not really what the mall was intended for, but, you know. And the Terminal's protagonist, Victor Navorsky, he's denied access into the U.S., and he's stuck living in an airport terminal instead of using it to travel. Both movies heavily relied on the charm of its characters. Both Brody and T.S. in Mallrats managed to win back the affection of their girlfriends, despite not actually improving themselves or doing any of the things that their girlfriends asked them to do. And in the Terminal, Victor, um, he managed to, like, make friends and, like, have people help him out because of his, his charm he had. He was, he was very friendly. And despite having a really limited understanding of English, so it really relied on the character for a lot of the stuff going on for a very limited setting. Your turn, Corey. I so, gotta hear the jingle all the way. So, jingle all the way. Jingle all the way, 1996, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad. Um, first off, both movies are comedies. Pretty, pretty easy to see there. Um, both movies take place during a holiday season where children visit a mythical being at shopping malls. You know, Christmas for mall for uh, Christmas for Jingle All the Way. Easter for Mall Rats. You visit Santa. He's he's mystical. The Easter Bunny. He's fucking mystical. Uh, Brody and Howard, Howard being Arnold Schwarzenegger's character in uh, Jingle All the Way, constantly disappoint someone they love. Brody, his girlfriend, and uh, Howard, his son. For for this for this comparison, we're fucking disregarding T.S. and his whatever shit. Fuck him anyway. Not literally. Um. Yeah, he's not, not attractive anyway. Um. In both movies, superheroes play a major role. Um, comic book heroes for Brody in Mallrats and in Turbo Man. Uh, Howard's son loves Turbo Man 
in Jingle All the Way. Um, in the budgets for the movie, the budget for Jingle All the Way was sixty million dollars. The budget for Mallrats was six million. If you knock off one zero from the Jingle All the Way budget, it's the same budget, six million dollars. Major plot points happen in a mall in each movie. Brody and Howard both have a greatly challenging goal. Uh, Brody to win back his girlfriend and Howard to get a Turbo Man doll, which is the most popular toy of the Christmas season on Christmas Eve. Brody and Howard both have a nemesis trying to attain the same goal. Brody in Shannon, the manager of Upscale Mail, and Howard's nemesis is Sinbad the Postman. I don't know the fucking character name, but it's Sinbad. It's Sinbad. I called him, I'll still call him Sinbad. Um, both movies come to head in an epic showdown with uh, Brody and Shannon at the dating show and Sinbad and Howard in costume at the fucking Turbo Man Winter Parade. Um, Brody and Howard both end up succeeding in winning the love and affection of the person whom they constantly disappoint. Brody's girlfriend and Howard's son. And that is how Jingle All the Way is just an A-movie version of Mall Rats. But I think it's time that we drink away the flick. Drink away the flick. Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the flick. Bum, 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 bum. We're going to give you some drinking games. Some from me, some from Paul. How you can drink away this flick. So uh, here we go from me. Number one. Every time someone mentions T.S. or Brody being dumped, take a drink. Number two, whenever Jay and Silent Bob are featured on screen together, take a drink. Number three, anytime Brody talks about superheroes in a sexual manner, take a drink. Number four, when Stan Lee gives a speech, you finish your drink, motherfucker. Damn right. Number five, because it's shopping month, anytime someone enters a store... Take a drink. The mall proper, also known as, you know, the giant hallway in which all the stores are encompassed, counts as a store. Every time a Star Wars reference is made, take a drink. Every time Silent Bob smashes through a wall, take a drink. Every time someone sees the sailboat in the mosaic picture, take a drink. And every time the kid's on the escalator, take a drink. And that is how you can drink, drink away, away the flick. flick. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros, all one word. Um, like us on Facebook at b-moviebros. Um, I'm just going to close out now and say until we meet again, be brave, be alive, be back next week.